Thank you for the question. Um, there are uh, a number of different perspectives on the worship of Gaur and Vishnu Priya, some of which are not mainstream Gaudiya Vaishnav orthodox uh, Goswami, referring to the six Goswamis um, theology. Um, and some of that um, can be found as close to us, if you will, as the uh, Diksha lineage from the Bhagnapar um, line that Bhaktivinoda Thakur was initiated in. And he himself uh, did not espouse uh, uh, those um, ideas which uh, go in the direction of, of what's called Gornagarbhav. And there, there are different types of that. So, for example, one type is, is, is the idea of having some Swarup as a, as a maid servant of Vishnu Priya in worshiping Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Manjari's uh, serve Radha and worship Krishna. Uh, so this is not taught by Bhakti Vinod, but I bring it up because there are books out about that. There are there are um, persons from the international devotees from the international community that was spawned by our Paribara of Bhakti Vinod coming through Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and, and um, my Guru Maharaj that have subsequently you know gotten involved with with such um, teachings and so forth. And um, I, I really don't choose to say much more about them other than they're not something that uh, that Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself embraced. And, and in, in fact, he, he in some ways um, spoke uh, um, in opposition to that type of, uh, that perspective on Gaur Vishnu Priya. Um, but, you know, there are a fair number of, 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 of devotees who, who have some love for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and they, they look at it like that. Now, again, it's not the orthodox position coming from the Goswamis. You won't find any teachings of theirs along these lines in Bhaktivinoda Thakur, despite coming from a paribar in which um, those ideas uh, are espoused, I don't necessarily, um, I'm not sure that Bibin Bihari Goswami espoused those, um, but they're there in some of the early literature, some of which was critiqued even by Bibin Bihari Goswami and questioned in his mind as to the authenticity of some of the things that are written in those, those texts. Um, and suggesting that they were interpolations and so forth. Whether it refers to this particular issue, I can't say, but, um, but, but with regard to Bhaktivinoda himself, he did not espouse those types of ideas. Um, rather, instead, he um, taught that the worship of Gore and Vishnu Priya hmm, is a form of worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? And so uh, it's a form of, of, of reverential love. And it would seem that there's a corresponding dimension um, in uppercut, an unmanifest world you know, for that um, uh, type of worship. And I believe Padmanabh Marshi may, may, may remember, it's been so long since I've been there, which is my, certainly my misfortune, but uh, in Navadweep or in Mayapur, I'm pretty sure that Bhaktivinoda Thakur established a deity of Gaur and Vishnu Priya in the, at the Yoga Pit. Hmm. So, of course, that's a very prominent uh, uh, place in um, in Navadweep <laughs> uh, and um, 
and why he did that, I, I, you know, I never researched that. Um, um, but I think that perhaps he was looking at it as the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which he was uncovering and, um, and so the setting is it's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's home and, uh, I think he has the deity there of Sachi also, and uh, um, and there's the uh, isn't there neem Sachi and there's a neem tree there also, I believe that that thought to have been born under and so forth. So um, so it's a, you know that was what was going on there in Bhaktivinoda Thakur's vision. So. Uh, established deities uh, correspondingly. Um, whereas in his own place of bhajan, then he established deities of Gaur Gadadhar. So uh, in Gaur Lila, Vishnu Priya is a, uh, you know, expansion of Radha, perhaps um, analogous to Satyabhama. Hmm? In in Dwarka, there Krishna is with Satyabhama. There is some Aishwarya to that. It's a it's a, it's a um, higher form of Vaidhi Bhakti. Maybe 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 it could be mixed with with with, with Rag as well. But um, it, but comparatively, then Garadhar is is Radha in Gorlila hmm? directly. And so, uh, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur established deities of Gorgadadhar and worshipped them at his place in Godroom, from where he had the vision of Mayapur standing on the roof of his place there, and um, then confirming that as well with empirical evidence from maps and historical uh, reports and so forth. Uh, again, he 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 established the, the, the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So in his own place, he worshiped Purgadadhar, and that is uh, the worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Madhurya Rasa in pursuit of Ragmarg instead of pursuit of the uh, Vaidhi Marg and uh, so reverential love. So um, there we find, of course, Gadadhar is a fast, uh, uh, friend of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, always um, following him. In fact, uh, Sachi made him commit to that, not that he wouldn't have otherwise, but uh, to protect her son. So he's always following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is in pursuit of the bhav of Radha, that's the possession of Gadadhar, who is gradually, you can say, poetically speaking, gradually giving it, transferring it to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as he becomes more qualified in terms of how his Leela is also a teaching Leela for us. And he leaves Navadweep and seriously pursues Radha Bhav. Not that he doesn't experience it, obviously, in, in Navadweep as well, that Navadweep is the goal. Hmm. Um, uh, not Jagannath Puri. Is, Jagannath Puri is, the, is, is a place from which we can, we are taught through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's example to, to enter into Navadvip. So um, at the same time, of course, Gadadhar is, um, has, it's very apparent that in Gorlili has Dasibha for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also. Um, and so Bhaktivinoda Thakur thought Dasibha to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and then, and then, and then in Ragmark, we'll have Gopibhav or Gopabhav um, in, in, in the Braj Lila. So um, given that uh, perspective of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, we don't find the proliferation in our line of Gaur Vishnu Priya deities. But he did establish them in, in Yoga Pete there at the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And I, and I think, again, likely because, well, this is where he lived with Vishnu Priya. Hmm. Right and Sachi and, and uh, Jagannath Mishra and so forth. So to commemorate that. Hmm? So, does that help? Are there any further questions?
questions that that brings up or, or comments? If so, I'll, I'll take those before going to the next question. Okay. I just also would like to remind everyone on the English channel to click on the English and to mute the original audio. Um, so you'll be able to hear the questions coming from the other side. So Uddhava, you want to unmute yourself and ask your question? Hello. You can hear me, yes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was I wanted to know more about the Chaturbuja. The 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 yeah, the four manifestations, you know, that come in two times because I never hear so much information about them. About Chaturbuja importance. Yeah, no, the Chatur the Chaturbuja, the, like the Vasudeva, Sankarsana, Niruda. Chaturbuja. Yes. Chaturbuja, yes. Well, the Vyuha concept is uh, something that is uh, very, um, I think, prominent in, uh, in the Sri Sampradaya um, and in Gaudi Sampradaya. It, we also find this idea, but basically uh, for the purpose of pastime, um, we find that Krishna expands himself in the spiritual world. Hmm? This is outside of the avatars, which avatars are descending from the spiritual world and appearing here. So in within the realm of Leela, from Goloka to Vaikuntha and everywhere in between, Krishna's there in, in some form or another. So in Braj, he has the need, if you will, or for the sake of Leela, um, uh, Balaram is manifest. So there we find fraternal love. Krishna has almost a twin brother, is, is thought. And um, then the two together depart uh, to Mathura, and there they take on a disposition and appearance that corresponds with the love in that area, which is different than the rural setting in Vrindavan, which is more, more intimate. Krishna's, uh, Krishna's uh, chatriya sensibilities, um, for example, and Balaram's, Balaram is the son of Vasudev, Krishna's the son of Vasudeva and, and the son of Nanda. Balaram is also the son of Nanda by, by, the, by the measure of affection, but um, uh, oh, I'm just seeing one thing. You'll have to excuse me. I'm running out of battery, so I have to get my cord and plug it in. I'll, we'll lose you all together. So commercial break. Here. Okay. Okay. Vernon is coming out of the milk room. He will get it, so we can continue. So, um, so in Mathura, then the uh, chatri disposition of Krishna and Balaram is 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 manifest, and uh, they become more princely, if you will, and uh, and there they have devotees who love them in that mood, and then. When going to Dwarka, that's good, yeah, thank you. To Dwarka, um, I should say that the, the, the Balaram and Krishna of Mathura and Dwarka, um, they are sometimes referred to as Sankarshan Balaram and Vasudev Krishna. So Vasudev Krishna is, 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 is kind of connecting him with, with Vasudev and the birth in Mathura and, 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 and so on, and the Chatriya disposition and so forth. And, um, and Sankarshan, Balaram, um, 
So they go to Mathura, go to Dwarka. And then in Dwarka, Krishna has sons hmm? and grandsons. He has many wives there. Hmm? And um, those sons have a relation, a certain type of dasya bhav for him hmm? as the father. Hmm? It's peculiar, but interesting. And among them, Pradyumna, sons, and Aniruddha, grandsons, are manifestations of Krishna himself, who then complete the chaturvyuha. Chatur means four, vyuha, four expressions of divinity. And so they're there for pastimes. These are expansions for, for, for pastimes. And there are nice descriptions in the Dwarka Leela of Pradyumna, his, his birth, his Leela, and so forth, and also of Aniruddha. Now, the, 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 these four, Krishna, Balaram, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha, they are also present in Braj, Krishna and Balaram, obviously so. Um, as far as uh, Pradyumna goes, um, he, there's reason to, theologically, to, to identify him with Ujwal Saka, one of Krishna's dearest uh, friends. Um, and Aniruddha, uh, he, I think, still needs to be located. <laughs> but, uh, but they're fully manifest there, the four. But this is for pastimes. And there, Balaram is called Mool Sankarshan, so the root. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when Krishna manifests as Narayan in Vaikuntha, mm-hmm. then Balaram is with him wherever he goes. So he manifests there as Mahasankarshan. Mm-hmm. And Adiruna and Pradyumna also manifest there. So in Vaikuntha, the, the, you have these four. And um, and then from there, of course, Narayan has a desire, despite being surrounded by muktas and absorbed in Lili, has a desire to bestow mukti hmm, upon someone, and there's no one there that needs needs mukti or liberation. So Mahasankarshan, expansion of Baladev, is, of course, tendering to, in this case, Narayan's desire, and thus he expands and, and, and descends in the material world as Mahavishnu. Hmm? And then Aniruddha and Pradyumna come as, as Garbhadaksha Vishnu and Shiradaksha Vishnu in this world as the three principal avatars. Hmm? For, they're called Purusha avatars for presiding over the world, presiding over the world in a macrocosmic sense and in a microcosmic sense, the, the two ends of the spectrum, Mahavishnu and Shirodaksha Vishnu, Mahavishnu, from whom the universe has come, Shirodaksha Vishnu, who enters into every atom, every heart, and then in between as well, you have the Garbhadaksha Vishnu in every, in every universe. So there's something about the Vyuha, uh, Chatu Vyuha expansion as understood in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Now, how we know a little bit more as Gaudias about Aniruddha and Pradyumna, Mool Sankarshan and Vasudev Krishna for Leela in Dwarka in Mathura. Because our ideal is Goloka. Goloka has three primary residences. It has the urban, or excuse me, the, the, the bucolic uh, rural area of Braj. It has the metropolitan area of Mathura. And it has the celestial seaside um, area of Dwarka. Uh, whereas in Vaikuntha, what, is, what does Sankarshan, Mahasankarshan there, Aniruddha, Pradyumna, how do they interact? To be honest with you, we don't know that much about that because it's not our preoccupation. But, but there you will find some information, perhaps more readily in the Sri Sampradaya, what goes on in Vaikuntha in terms of uh, such, uh, the, the Chatur Vyuva. Relative to, that said, relative to um, our ideal, also we do find that the um, Mahasankarshan uh, spoke the Bhagavatam to the Kumaras. 
it's mentioned in, in as Krishna spoke in essential verses to to uh, Brahma, Mahasankarshan spoke to uh, the Kumaras, and they have that's the Kumara Sampradaya, another Ragmark Sampradaya. So there's some information about them. Does that help? Yes, thank you. I was reading Chaitanya Charitamrita, so it appeared in the first chapter. You know, yeah. Uh, again, about that, and I didn't know so much, so I wanted to at least to get a general idea. Well, I hope that helps. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Okay. What else? Uh, Tadas, mute yourself. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. So. Uh, Recently, together with my wife, we started to read um, Nectar of Devotion, and uh, we got to the chapter 8, uh, Offenses to be Avoided, and, uh, uh, well, there are, like, plenty of offenses, and, like, if I can so say so, some of them are quite reasonable, but others are quite strange. And um, we stuck with a couple of them, and uh, now I have a task to get an answer from you about them. So, yeah, so basically there are two, uh, two offenses, and they both are related to death. And one of them is like that um, one should not enter the temple in the con uh, in a contaminated state and basically they say that when somebody dies in your family so according to your caste you get a different period of times when you are contaminated and you cannot enter in a temple and another one is you shouldn't you can't enter the temple if you saw a, a dead body and uh, like we cannot digest that because we both grew up in in Catholic society, and here you know when somebody dies, so all the relatives go to the church and they bring coffin with a dead body, they put it in front of an altar, and they together listen to the mass to like a couple hours, and then go to the like some other places. And uh, um, basically, it is a big, uh, just when you, just when the person who died made some uh, big offenses, like if he made a suicide or he was very sinful, just in that case, the coffin cannot be let into the church. Like, it's like that. And here they say that if your family member died, you cannot enter the temple. I cannot understand how is that, how is that related. Well, I think that different <laughs> religious traditions have different ways of observing uh, such uh, rites of passage that you are addressing. And uh, I think they all make sense to the tradition and they may not make sense to someone in one tradition who has learned it in a certain way. Um, um, but if you look at, at the culture and so forth, it's not uh, as it would seem, for example, let's say you have the Catholic perspective and then you, then, then you hear, oh, they, they don't take the body in there. How terrible that is. Um, and then you can't go in there. How terrible that, what, what that's, that sounds, you know, uh, unspiritual or something like that. But um, what might be lacking from that perspective is compensated for by the nature of the rite of passage itself and how it is performed. So it's a very um, sacred, you know, event that's uh, that from a religious point of view in Vaishnavism, as well as it is in any other uh, tradition and observed with uh, ritual, mantra, and there's a different conception of what the body is also. Hmm? So, you know, and in in, I think in Christianity, there's some idea that that body is going to be buried because it's going to come out of the grave one day. And um, 
at the time of the um, whatever the second coming of Christ and so forth. We we don't look at the body the same way. We 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 cremate the body. I was told I don't know if it's true, but when President Bush, the second, the son of first Bush, more recent uh, uh, President Bush, went to India, you know, for political purposes and so forth, that he, um, I don't know if it's true, but I heard this, he refused to go to the Gandhi's uh, place of uh, tomb or whatever, Samadhi or whatever, because he had been cremated. And it was like, from a Christian point of view, a bad, a bad thing or something like that. But again, you know, if you study it carefully, you'll see that there's just as much honor, if not more, in you know one tradition or another, and all the rites and rituals make sense. Now, I'm not an expert on such um, rites of passage, marriage, birth uh, rituals, and and so on and so forth. Being a being a renunciate. But within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, as it was practiced at the time of the Goswamis, and as it is now, the vast majority of devotees are householders, and so they're more concerned with these things, um, uh, uh, name-giving ceremonies for children, birth uh, rituals, birthdays, um, marriages, um, funerals, and so on and so forth. Um, when the tradition was formed, Gaudiya Sampradaya by the Goswamis, uh, some 500 plus years ago, then the setting was a Varnashram setting. So Varnashram considerations were a part or a factor in some of the uh, things that, uh, uh, that, that, that may be mentioned, for example, in Bhaktivasamrita Sindhu with regard to um, uh, 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 well, as you bring up rites of passage and so forth, um, uh, so another and another point I, I think is that the, is that the, the realm of ritual, if you will, as I refer to the temple worship which is somewhere in between, you know, the, the material world and the spiritual world. It's a symbolic representation of the spiritual world using material ingredients, stone and, and uh, wood and, and so on and so forth. Um, and it has its own rules, if you will, its own language and, uh, and uh, uh, etiquette and so forth. And it, it doesn't all necessarily make sense to someone who's just in the world, if you will. But it is, a, by following that, there, there's a, it, it serves as a means to enter into the spiritual realm itself. That, that said, um, some of the rules given may not make as much sense because, again, they're given in a different culture like we shouldn't wear red or blue. I think maybe those were the colors of royalty at the time. So to, you know, go in wearing like the royal colors hmm, because you go in as a humble servant, hmm, thinking yourself as the servant of the servant, something like that. And those colors at the time rep represented royalty. So things like that you'll, you'll find there. We'd have to go through the, all the details. But again, with regard to the body, which is your a dead body, we have a different conception of what the body is, hmm? right? Then in Christianity. And so, you know, you take it to the sacred place, it's cremated and then there's a ritual and it's all done and everything. And then afterwards you bathe. And then according to Varnashram, there again, as you're pointing out, as I said, it's in a Varnashram culture. So Bhagavad is relating in his dissertation there about the do's and don'ts of, of deity worship to, to the culture. And so according to the, the culture, then if you're in a Sudra family or a Brahmin family or a Vaisha family or Chatriya, then there will be a different number of days before, after the passing that 
having observed it, that you would wait before entering the temple and, and so on. How much that is applicable to um, Gaudiya Vaishnavism in an international community where there, where, when Varnashram's time is, has passed in the world is, a, is another thing. So um, uh, I know that my groomer certainly didn't lay any stress on that. And it would be interesting to write about that, to think about that and such some of those rules and, and look at them in light of the circumstances which we find ourselves and perhaps they could be um, edited in a way that would um, sometimes make more sense to, to practitioners and be more uh, uh, applicable. Hmm. So does that help? Yeah. Okay. Garage, I had a follow-up on that, if that's okay. Okay. Um, Dr. Greg? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, my question. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Yes. I could read Yeah, that's fine. I don't understand anything. Sorry. Garnisha, are you there? Oh, I'm sorry. There was a long lag. I there thought it passed okay. me already. Sorry about that. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. Can't hear me. Can you hear I me right now? You. Huh. There. I guess. Can you hear me now? I can't. You must be. You... Hmm. Well, then maybe you can translate for him. <laughs> He can just come in. I'll ask directly. So, so my much? question was about the death uh, situation. <laughs> like, you can't go to a temple when somebody has died. Could it be that there's like a, like a psychic like disturbance? Disturb because your mind is disturbed when somebody dies. Somebody dies. And it's kind of like it's on a physical like level, you want to make a motion in the temple, which would cause a disturbance. You wouldn't take that psychic space. Yeah, that's a good perspective. Yeah. Did you hear that? made the comment and it's a good comment that it, it may be relative to the idea of not entering idea the temple of not entering the, the passing of a relative for a certain number of days it may be relative to the psychic composition or emotional state of someone um, who is attached to a relative like everyone is and they pass away and uh, not to bring that so to speak into the temple let that pass and then enter uh, and uh, uh, approach the deity in a calm state of mind, so to speak, composed state of. So that may be that may be a factor in behind that um, rule, if you will. So what else? Dr. Greg? Yes. Yeah. Hare Krishna. Um, my question is, uh, who first encapsulated the Tattva of our lineage with the words Sachintya Beda Bed? And in which script, the scripture did it first appear? These words first appear. There's mention of Beda Bed in Bhagavatamrita of Sanatana Goswami, but Beda Bed is, is not the whole idea. Achintya Beda Bed. Um, and, it, and uh, this term comes, I believe, from Jiva Goswami. That's mm -hmm. what I meant to say. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Achintya Beda Bed. And that is found in his Sandarbha, Satsandarbha. Um, so he is the Tattva Acharya. We, we think of him, the Gaudi Sampradaya. And that is a very... Um, Not essential is not even a good enough word, but foundational um, um, idea and overarching term to define our particular metaphysical worldview. Um, how to understand um, God and the world? One different, you know. So that's where it comes from. Is that what you wanted to know? 
Jiva Goswami. Kijai. Yes, thank you. What yes. else? Another question? Yes, Brigu. Hare Krishna Nandavats Guru Maharaj. I have a follow-up question to, to the question about about uh, uh, death and and rituals around around death. In general, what would you say, Guru Maharaj, uh, about uh, doing rituals of, of this sort, samskaras and and uh, uh, name giving rituals and so on? Is this something that you think that is is of relevance for? For Vaishnavas uh, today, even in the Western world. Well, I think that um, that religious people and by religious people, uh, you know, I, um, I, I refer to the householder community who are who, whose religion is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. They're still in the world. They're practicing Gaudiya Vaishnavism. They're not an aesthetic who's left the world and uh, for whom there are, you know, these things aren't concerns, birth and name giving ceremonies for children and so forth and so on. Um, so for them, all those things are, you know, significant events. You, your, your children are born, your children get married, um, your father passes away. These are um, so uh, central to household life. So the idea is, I think, to somehow to bring all of those things in the entirety of one's household life within the fold of worshiping Krishna. Hmm? So, for example, I'm sure you're, you're aware of it, uh, there's a book that said to be authored by Gopal Bhatta Goswami in which he gives a way at the time for Gaudiya Vaishnavas to participate in all of those rituals which within Varnashram would involve worshipping different gods and goddesses for this and for that and doing it all for the for, with mantra and glorification of Vishnu. So bringing all those rites and, and rituals and of, of daily life and so forth within uh, Gaudiya Vaishnava. So th- that's, that's kind of an example of how Gaudiya Vaishnavism in its early days did that in relation to the, to the social religious a system of uh, of the time. There wasn't no other system. So, so we're in a different system. We have no system. <laughs> uh, so of sorts, uh, there's no varnashram. So the the question is, how significant are those, or how vital, or how important they are, and so forth. Well, I guess there's 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 a couple of ways of of, of looking at that. One is to try to bring the fold. Of the religious community more into that uh, that that culture, hmm? and um, to draw things from that um, uh, how these things were th- thought about and and conducted in Gaudiya Vaishnavism in the past, try to bring uh, the members um, into that. And so you're going to have marriages like that hmm? um, from the book. And, and I, 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 that's certainly what Prabhupada wanted to do. Hmm? Um, and I, I, I think that um, at the time, anyway, speaking of Prabhupada, most of the devotees liked all of that and, and uh, uh, were very enthusiastic to adopt other cultural um, perspectives and, and w- ways of, you know, uh, participating in these, uh, celebrating even the, these human events and so forth. Um, 
things are, have changed a bit now, it seems. Um, and there's, um, I would, I'm not in the world that much, but it seems like there's more of a moving away from, from that. And, and, and I think that's fine, but not at the cost of what's essential to go to Vaishnavism. So uh, you could move away from such things at no loss, hmm? um, essentially. But if you, at the same time, as a result of that, are taken out to sea, so to speak, by the current of the world today, um, to the extent that that essentials within the teaching, what what constitutes a life of a, of a sadhaka, are on on the wane. That that would be that would be very uh, unfortunate, and um, uh, and everyone or most people have to get married, and they have. To have and then they have to say, you know, participate in a funeral. So you have to come up with some way to do that. I mean, if you could just plug into the local culture and how it's done, um, that doesn't seem to work that well for reasons we were just even discussing. Um, the different concept of, it, let's say, in a Christian uh, culture, what's the, what is the body and so forth. So I think that those, those are... Um, uh, if you look at the, the, you know, birth, you know, name giving, marriage, funeral, I think there's a there's more a place. Uh, uh, I mean, we're Hindus. That's who we are. We are Hindus. Hmm? We're Hindus, and we're not Hindus at the same time. So I I, I think that um, we're from speaking for myself. I mean, I'm, I'm a Hindu, you know, con- convert, and. Um, I think that uh, those we sh- we should embrace um, uh, a Hindu way of participating in those rituals and more a, a Gaudiya way as far as possible. I think and, and there's a place for s- some devotees have a penchant for that. You're, you're a little bit of a ritualistic minded, you know, person. So uh, to oversee, you know, and preside over such. Um, events and so forth. I think that that um, there's a there's a place for for priests. I guess I want to say like that. Uh, I, I and I think it would be hard, you know, to um, do away with all of that. And by way of saying, well, that's just something you know we can't relate to it. It's 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 a different culture and. I mean, spiritual life's about change, so we should we should be ready to change, and 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 the cultural surroundings, if you will, they seem very supportive to me. Largely, there may be places where they where they where they don't, and and, and there's some conflict between the relative and the absolute, and of course, then you you step over it, and so forth. But for the most part. Um, or to a large extent, um, in some modified way, which, and I gave the example of what uh, that book of Gopal Bhattu Goswami, he did it there, that should be done. Um, so that's my thought on it. Does that help? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Guru Yeah, And those are, those are really significant events in a householder's life. So if, they, if those events can be tied to who they are in their ideal and what they're pursuing ultimately as a transcendentalist and so forth, then uh, they, they're called some scars, right? They're, right? So they're, they're very impressive. They, they, they leave a big impression also on those who participate in them. So to, to, they're like milestones in, in, you know, in someone's life. So to tie them into Gaudiya Vaishnavism seems to me to be very, a very good idea hmm? through, 
through ritual and so forth. And I've seen also the, the you know some some uh, prominent figures, movie stars uh, who became Hindus and then got married and they did a Hindu marriage and and so forth. Uh, so I think it's beautiful. I was traveling once, I've told the story before, I'll tell it again, it comes to my mind, in riding on a rickshaw, I should say, in Vrindavan, we were on the way to the temple for darshan. And I was with, there was a brahmachari sitting on the, in, a, in a rickshaw with me. And then we got interrupted by the Verma band, which is a famous band in, in Vrindavan. When somebody's married, the Verma band is hired and they, and they come parading down the street. So here they come parading down the street and then the, 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 the groom is on a donkey or a horse riding with a turban and everything. And there's a whole, you know, everything stops. Nobody can get through. So everything just, oh, and everybody knows so-and-so is getting married to somebody else. And it's a big celebration. It's being broadcast everywhere throughout the, throughout the village. So as we were interrupted from being able to proceed on to the Arctic, the brahmacharya with me was upset. And he said, oh, this is Maya, you know interrupted by Maya. <laughs> I said, no, it's not like that. You shouldn't see like that. Uh, the, here, the, this is a very nice thing. They're announcing to the whole world, this guy belongs with this gal, this gal belongs with this guy. The chance of them being seen with somebody else somewhere is, is going to be a lot harder if you make a big <laughs> event out of it and celebrate it through the whole city and announce it everywhere with horns and drums as they do and so forth. Um, so I thought it was it was it was it was, it was very nice. It was about you know harnessing that that emotional need or the attraction between sexes and, into uh, into a event that uh, to be remembered, if you will. <laughs> so, what else? Any other question? Um, does anybody have a question? I mean, I have a question. If nobody does. Um... Pamanavaswamy, any more questions on your end? Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so um, Sharda has a question. If there's time, um, is medication a form of intoxication? And should Gaudiya Vaishnavs try to stick to natural remedies as much as possible? Is medication a form of intoxication and should Gaudiya Vaishnava stick to natural remedies as far as possible? Okay. I think that um, uh, Prabhupada's view on um, medicine was whatever works, really. Uh, he had his own particular liking and, and he was a little... Um, he was, I would say, more comfortable with homeopathic approach to medicine and uh, some type of Ayurvedic approach. He was not very um, inclined to go to, you know, to be in a hospital, though he was hospitalized in the West, I think, when he had his first heart attack. Um, um, but um, his overarching perspective was whatever worked. I would say that um, with regard to health, uh, there's no one size fits all. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't dismiss modern medicine as just being something bad or demonic, um, but uh, it, 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 it may be such that it, 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 it doesn't, even, well, I should say the, the contrast between holistic medicine and what would you call it, allopathic medicine? Hmm. The bridge between these things has, has narrowed, actually. So you can find physicians who incorporate holistic sensibilities into their allopathic uh, uh, treatments, uh, prescriptions, uh, and, uh, and uh, um, in service to their uh, c constituents. So there is an ex has been a, there has in the past been an extreme, I think, uh, of of as a result of the the results of modern medicine moving away from everything that 
came before that, hmm? but it was seen to be that something maybe had been left out, something of value maybe there that we're not taking into consideration um, and so forth. It's similar to how in academics it used to be, well, whatever the people who are, the, in, let's say from a religious point of view, whoever the practitioners, you know, they're subjectively involved. We can't hear from them what it's about. We have to look at it objectively. Um, then it's realized, well, you know, maybe there's something they're getting that we're not getting also. So, it, so it's come together to some extent. Um, and, um, I, but I wouldn't out of hand say, no, medication is not uh, intoxication. In fact, something that might be intoxicating, otherwise, if it's good for your health, then you have, you have reason to take it hmm? within, within um, reason. Um, that's true with dietary restrictions. Let's say, for example, uh, the dietary restriction involves not eating garlic. Uh, so let's say it's not offerable to the deity, but it's, it's good as a medicine for something that you have, and it should be, and it should be taken for that. Hmm? Um, or, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a big field, so I, we can't say, like I say, one size fits all. But no, I wouldn't say that, that, uh, that, that medication is intoxication and that we should only seek natural methods for uh, curing any particular ailment. Um, but there's a, it's, it's a nice idea that the natural approach is more attractive in some ways. Um, and I think a lot of devotees, you know, based on their back, because of their background in my, in my generation, gravitate a little bit more towards that. And uh, there's, there's good reason for, for that. But if I broke my leg, you know, I'd go to a doctor and get a, probably get a cast put on it, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't go, go to the Ayurvedic doctor for some herbs. But there is, there is surgery also in, described in Ayurveda. But anyway, that's it. So that's my answer. Hope that helps. Thank you, Maharaj. I think I... I... Yes, it helps. I try to stick to something that I know, at least I know the ingredients, what ingredients are in what I'm taking. I think that's what, where I would, I would go. Hare Krishna, thank you. Hare Ball. Someone in the comments noticed my cow. So I'm going to listen here. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice to be with you all. So, thank you so much. I guess we'll be together there on Thursday for the Nityananda Trayoka seat. Or Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai. 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 Jai Maharaj. Thank you.